<laughs> so there I was, knee deep in my own shit. <laughs> uh, uh, so how you doing, bro? What's I'm good? good, dude? So this morning I went to meet up with uh, with our boy John, shoot some guns up yeah. in the woods. He lives like two hours away from me and our shooting spot is kind of like right in the middle but it's like up in the woods so i just dropped him a pin of where the spot is and he came and met me and uh um but before john yeah he gotta come gotta come visit and you know we can take care of that but before yeah. i was leaving my house i was i went to grab some targets and shit out of my garage and i like backed my tr- i wanted to back my truck up into my driveway and i have a gate and on this gate, there's like a little, it's like a metal uh, tubing and there's holes drilled into it. And yellow jackets have made a nest inside of the tube. And what is a yellow jacket? It's like a really, it's not a bee, but it's like a really big wasp. But it's like. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I know they're I know. they're the type of bee that you don't want to get stung by, basically. Yeah, um, it's like a bee on steroids. They're really fast. And I, I just I, I knew they were there and I wanted to open my gate. So I but I checked and there was no there was no yellow jackets around. So I went to open the gate real fast and I touched the latch and opened it. And one of those bitches yeah. came out at the speed of light and stung me on the top of the hand and went back into the hole. <laughs> <laughs> and I I screamed because I knew I, I I didn't scream so much out of pain as I was just angry because I was like I knew exactly what happened I was just like motherfucker he got me and uh, I proceeded do they, to, do they die when they bit you like do they those ones living? those ones don't bees do but those ones oh, can damn. stay alive to sting you another day so I proceeded to pour a bunch of lighter fluid down this hole. And uh, I lit those motherfuckers on fire. So, so much for caring about the environment, I guess. Hey, I care about the environment and all, but <laughs> when it comes, but to I yellow, care about my myself more. <laughs> when, I, when it comes to yellow jackets, it's a no go for me. But uh, but yeah, just went and met up with with old John Duttenhofer, another yeah. YPG, another YPG yeah. vet, and uh, yeah, met up with met his girlfriend for the first time, and we shot nice. some guns. But I'm, I miss John. I met him the first time when he was going through the academy and training and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just before the rock operation. Yeah. He, he misses you too. We were talking about you and uh, I'll send you some pictures from today. Yeah. 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 I love that guy, man. He's a really good guy. We're, I, call him, I, I call him pretty boy though. Oh, he's he so pretty. pretty. Yeah. He's got some he, long hair now. Oh yeah. He got long hair. Even after like four months, three months or whatever at the front that dude still look better than we do he looked back, like home, back home you know anybody who anybody who doesn't know who john is look up his instagram um yeah. at duttenhoff and yes. you will see he's got like the most luscious head of hair underneath this bandana he's like a rambo mixed with like an abercrombie model yes so john and, john was a part of a, a smaller sniper unit that was uh, working in uh, the rock operation he was a part of this, uh, yeah, this unit along with uh, uh, may he rest in peace, Jack Holmes. And uh, I will not name people's names. Uh, I would just say uh, two others, a German and uh, a Spanish 
Spanish guy. And uh, the Spanish guy, he's a long-term veteran, been there like 2015, and Jack Holmes as well. Uh, so ja- so John was in, in really good hands. and uh, Yeah, they, they did, probably the they best did, hands. Did, yeah, they did some work, man. Uh, we will let John tell him yourself about the the times he had in Raqqa I, or what happened to their unit. I talked to him and he's willing to come on as a guest uh, soon. So whenever we're not sure when we're going to do that, but uh, yeah, soon we're going to have him on as a guest. Yeah. We're going to start inviting uh, guests and, and stuff, as we said the last time, but uh, we said that, you know, the first couple of episodes, we, we want to get uh, we, you people to learn, like get to know us, you know, right. uh, a little bit because not everybody knows uh, exactly what's going on you know and uh, I was thinking about it after the the first episode I was thinking about it maybe uh, uh, on the next episode I will I will try to put in some some information about the situation not just about uh, you know me or whatever or my friends or other people that's in a war that's going on educational maybe, episode yeah maybe we should drop it first how it all started because I'm getting messages and people are like they they really don't know i mean how honestly, it all man, started and they don't know why ypg started exactly. they don't know you know what ypg is uh, syria democratic forces and all the other smaller groups that are involved there's in, endless in, in amounts SDF. of groups it's like yes. impossible to even yes because there's so much to learn there's so many people there's so yeah. many groups and there's so many different people in 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 syria itself uh, i don't even like i didn't even know that they were literally chechen people living in syria that are from syria like i never yeah. knew that in my life when it's, i heard it and i was like what syria what is the chechen? true melting pot of the world it's not New so, York, it's syria it's the whole so country. yeah so that's the type of stuff like i, I want to like maybe put out there a little bit you know on not just why i went there because there are a lot of politics involved as well and uh it'd be good to kind of the way as well you know yeah exactly it would be good to get that out of the way because i mean i know i have oh my god dude the amount of of people that i have that um come up to me and ask me and just friends of mine that i have that see what i post on social media or whatever is something they've heard me over talk over uh overheard me speaking about something and they're like, what are you talking about when it with Syria? And I was like, oh, God, here we go. Because um, yeah. it's so much. So, yeah, I mean, it would be good to kind of do an episode that just lays down the all the information on what's really happening and why uh, Farat and everybody else went to Just uh, basic to information, you know, not just uh, somebody saying, yeah, I saw this video of uh, what ISIS did. I had to go there. No, it's much deeper than that than for a guy that actually lives in Syria because he might not fucking have Wi-Fi or internet out in the desert where he lives. It's totally different for him why he's fighting. He's fighting you know? for, for to survive. Yeah, and that's because as not, easy not, as that sounds, it's, yeah, it's so true. Not all of the people out in the desert join ISIS. They're, they're, more than majority of them join Syrian Democratic Forces. So I, 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 I want people to know that as well. So that would be a good episode, I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, man. So like, 
to, to continue on with our last episode, uh, you were kind of telling people about um, yeah. your, when you were showing up to the Academy and how the Academy is such an infamous place with uh, it so, is. It such is. a rich but history. But also, uh, everybody's experience of the Academy is different, you know? Right. Exactly. So, I mean, for sure. It's, that's, what, yeah. that's kind of a sarcastic thing. Like, everybody's got their, their story of the Academy, whether it's good or bad. Uh, okay. There's always so, something that has to do with the academy. Every, yeah, every it, it is. It is. Let Let's say the academy is where um, you get your training. Though <laughs> uh, it's a month long, maybe more, maybe less. You know, and also as well, I want to just point out, uh, just because I am still uh, involved in the organization, I am still, as you say, hired, or maybe you know, I can get called in for a job whenever, you know, so I will not tell everything. I will not go in too much in there detail certain, because, because there, I had, there is something I still, yeah, it's still upside for me. I still need to be like a little bit careful what I say because, uh, I, yeah, I have commanders and I cannot say whatever I want, <laughs> but I will not keep shit out. I will be myself and I will tell. So the Academy is a place where you get your training. Uh, you get training in different type of things. You get training in the weapon systems. Uh, you get training in the language, uh, which is the most important thing, if you ask me, because, uh, you know, there are people that have learned the language there. So it's not impossible. Uh, it is Kur Kurdish. is not very, very hard, but it's it's still very tricky depending on where you come from. <clears throat> but... So you learn about the weapon systems, you know, AK-47s, you know, Russian weapon systems mainly. Uh, maybe they teach you about some M16 or whatever. Uh, pretty common down there. Yeah, pretty common. You know, it, it's mostly, you know, Russian weapon systems, you know, ak Now, you know, of course, we all know after, you know, a coalition, there's a lot more American weapons out there, M16, M4s, you know. Uh, pistols or whatever, etc., etc. So uh, the academy is a place where you go, you come there. Uh, that's the place where you sign in to the YPG. Um, it's the place where you get to you know learn other, learn the, not just the language and the weapon systems. You, you get to learn about Rojava itself. You get to learn about uh, the history behind it. You get to learn about the, uh, the ideology they have. Uh, you know, you get to learn about you know. You need to learn about it. You need to learn about the customs, the ways, the traditions, you know, the history. You can't just go out there and expect no, to up on the front yeah, line with you know, these people without knowing It doesn't exactly work. It doesn't work. Uh, the people that have, have come there and been like, hey, I'm only here to fight. I don't want to learn this. It's the people who usually go home after two, three months because uh, that's not the way to go. Uh, I usually say to people, you know, you are guests here. So even if you have you know, we know more sometimes about some things. It's better that we just keep it to ourselves and we can share it amongst us because just going there and telling a guy that has been ordered to teach you something and telling him, oh, no, no, this is not what I learned. I don't want to do that. It would just create this. This is Middle East. Don't forget that, people, okay? This is the yeah. Middle East. This is not France or Europe or North America. This is Middle East, okay? Uh, we are fighting for a, a democratic Syria. Yes, we are. Equality, all that stuff. But it is still the Middle East, you know? Yeah. 
So certain things are still certain things. And I think the academy is doing a good job of teaching people this type of things. But also, I mean, being 20 people from all over the world uh, doing this training and sometimes some of these things they teach you in the trainings could you feel like uh you know uh why am i doing this i will not do this in war i will not do that this this is not good physical training this is not pt or when do i get to shoot my weapon and and all this type of stuff you don't get to shoot your weapon a lot bro there's not a lot of ammo just going there's nobody out. giving us ammunition this is this we're not a state state-funded military. I don't have 50,000 AK rounds in the back, so... Especially <laughs> not for people who are trained. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so so 100 so hundred volunteers or Westerners can come every six months and just blah, 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 start blazing bullets, bro. There's literally people dying, and they're literally trying to find money to, to feed their people or what they're going to do. Like, I can just imagine how that goes. Okay, we may have another war going on with the jihadis that's coming from the Turkish side and Efrin. Or right. should we buy ammunition or weapon or should we buy water? And, you know, I can just imagine the chaos. So thank God people that expect you're not that too much, up. bro. So, some people expect so much, you know, they come there, they're like, oh, you know, I'm going to, you know, use all my skills instantly. It's, it's like, bro, if it wasn't for people that came to the academy and volunteered, as I did the first time we all came there, we went to the academy. If it wasn't for other people like me, I would be dead. Like 150,000%, bro, I would be dead. Right. Because I learned so much. I learned so much. I learned a thousand times more with other volunteers that came, especially from the U.S., who, who came there. And I was so lucky that I ended up with, with these guys with so much experience. And So like, can I ask you? Can I ask yeah. you, was there anybody was there anybody that we were close with that you were with in the academy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there with uh, with my man Jeff Argesh. I was there with him. Uh, I was there with uh, Azad PJ. I was there with many people, bro. That's oh, I how... didn't realize they were at the academy with you. No, Jeff Jeff was there at the academy with me. He was doing the training. PJ, PJ was not even doing the training, bro. What was PJ I, doing? I, Azad. He already did it, bro. He was already out there when we were doing the training. Oh. This, this, this dude was already out there shooting people from fucking, I don't know. He, he, bro, this guy, is, is, he was already out there with units and stuff, you know. He was in the Tishrin operation. He was already out there. I didn't realize that know? he was that early of a volunteer. No, no. He, he, bro, PJ, he did, he did a, a, lot, of, a lot of time. And, and I'm, I'm saying PJ's name because... PJ is the guy that was in, in the documentary with me and, and, and some of the, these guys, I'm saying their names because their names is already out there. And PJ is already... a known YPG fighter. <laughs> yeah, he's a known YPG fighter. We all did this documentary. Uh, he was in it, uh, Hunting ISIS, the sixth episode one uh, that was on uh, his channel on Viceland, I think. Uh, so I was lucky I ended up with those uh, guys and, you know. It's a good crew. Uh, it, it was the best crew and you know there were so many people there and you know going in and out but for me you know as a Kurd you know I did the, this whole journey you know coming from you know growing up in Sweden you know uh, I grew up with like a lot of 
people from mixed uh, nationalities, you know, in Sweden, they were like uh, Bosnian, uh, Arabic, Turkish, you know, Serbian, whatever, bro, you name it, African, Somalian, Gambian. I, it was so mixed. And I was bullied a lot when I was younger because everybody was like, hey, where do you come from? Oh, you don't have a country. Oh, you you're know, Kurdish. So, you're exactly. Kurdish. Who are you? Bro, yeah. so yeah. half of my youth, when I was like from 11 to like 16, 17, bro, I was literally fighting every week, bro. Like, I, that was the only thing I was doing. At least once or twice a week, I was literally fist fighting someone, you know? And I, I lost a lot and I won a lot, you know what I mean? But these, these motherfuckers never, never talked to me again that way. But yeah. for me, going and doing all this journey and, you know, Coming for the first time, as I said, you know, to the airport in, in Suleiman in Kurdistan, seeing the Kurdish flag, you know, uh, doing this trip with safe house and distress, you know, the border and just coming to the academy and seeing all these people just gathered, you know, from all walks of life. So you had like proper people that was like hardcore veterans, like two tours in like invasion of Iraq time, you know, I'm, I'm talking yeah. about crazy people people like dudes who fought really, in Fallujah. really yeah people that was in ramadi and like i know I, I don't know ramadi sorry i mean uh, fallujah or uh, but ramadi was, was too. yeah I, I don't exactly know the city so i just know they were in in fallujah 100 percent uh uh chalak was there the one that came in with me bro he was there uh, pj was like one of the youngest squad commanders or something in, in the in the in his time, bro. He was nineteen years and he was he was a squad group commander already, bro. And so this guy for the YPG the, or in the US? No, bro. From the in the in the US, he was a marine. Oh, PJ was in the I marine thought corps. PJ was in the army for some reason. No, PJ was in the marine corps and Chalak was uh, in the Who army. Who was in? Okay, I was gonna say somebody uh, was in the army for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff was in the army as well. Uh, he is in the army now as well. Yeah, okay. he re-enlisted. So that's what I'm thinking of. I was lucky, you know. So and I can and also we had bad times, bro, because you're sitting there and you have no internet, you have nothing, and you you you, you get used to this shitty ass fucking food. And the, what kind no, of food? No, not shitty food. It's just the same food, bro. I'm Kurdish, so I ate that type of food at home almost, you know. So. Just with less uh, spices and meat, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? A lot of potatoes. Uh, a lot of potatoes and beans, man, and cheese and olives. Yeah. So I remember driving up to this when we drove up to the academy. It was so beautiful, bro. You can see, like, it, it kind of looked like something out of fucking, uh, you know, The Hobbit or something. Maybe not yeah. that high of hills, but you could literally see the mountains in Turkey and you could fucking see Iraq, the mountains high, long, long away, bro. It's so beautiful. Really but, far distances. But everything is just so destroyed of the fucking oil pumps you can see everywhere that nobody is working anymore. So oil is literally just pumping up. And... It's this smell of fucking eggs, bro. I, I don't. That's the only smell I can explain. It's it's the gas. It smells. Yeah, yeah. I know. Everywhere. I know exactly what you're talking about. There's so, certain places yeah. out here that we go that I drive through sometimes, like uh, Steamboat Springs or in Colorado or wherever. There's like a uh, hot springs. It yeah. smells like sulfur. It smells like a fart. Yeah, I like think a it's, rotten it, egg. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So they have to like 
put that shit on fire so it doesn't smell. So you you just see fires popping out of this beautiful green landscape. And sometimes you walk past this little stream that goes in and you're like, oh, look at that water. It's so beautiful. But the fucking bottom is just black. Yeah. You know, and you're just like, wow. And and I remember just sitting there and just seeing these oil pumps everywhere. And, you know, the smell was like gas, but I loved it, bro. I yeah. was like, this will all be ours and we will put people here and they will fucking work the pumps and we will feed our people and we will fucking make a democratic side of Middle East where people can fucking see that everybody can live together, man. You yeah. Know? It yeah, was, I mean, it's just it's... so beautiful, man. You know what I'm saying? The thought behind it is just, it's, it's a beautiful thought. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know what you're saying. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually scrolling through pictures right now of just the hillsides and I've seen all this before, but uh, yeah, it's I mean, kind of nice to look at it while we talk about it. And it just... is right. I mean, you, you uh, like our common friend, you know, you, you grew up with Jordan. Uh, yep. Rest in peace. Jordan. McTaggart. Did he ever tell you? Yeah. Did he ever tell you about his time? Like in the Academy and stuff? Jordan told me bits and pieces. He was never like super. I mean, you know, his ADHD was off the fucking walls. Yeah. Oh, and I so just, he... just got to put it out there. So, so I'm so sorry. I just got to put it out there. When we did, did the training back in 2015, it was not the same as it is now. Because I literally just did two weeks of training. Yeah. It was very. Late. I think that's about I, what it was. It was very for chill. Him. I know it was like some of the guys there just did a week. Yeah. But now it's, it's very different now. So for all, all my Havals listening, you know, out there, uh, it was not the same brothers. It was, uh, it was very different. It was, it was different for us, but it was still a month, you know, but it was, yeah. it was different. It was, it was different commanders. They were very laid back. It was very early in the fight, you know, so they didn't have much experience with it. Yeah. Yeah. So keep going, bro. So what was I saying? So Jordan, um, he, he told me that his time in the Academy was, it was really hard to get information from him because he, he was so like, if anybody knows Jordan, uh, it was, he was really like, he would jump from subject to subject and topic to topic. And, uh, he talked really fast and, um, he spoke really fast rather. Um, yeah, he, uh, he told me that it was really boring and that um, he was very bored, and that his ass hurt, and <laughs> he told Did me you say why yeah, his ass hurt. Uh, he said that uh, his ass hurt because of the water. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's it, just not the same as drinking no, water in Colorado. That water, so. like everybody gets sick the first time they go there. If you don't get sick, you 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 were probably there before you came to the academy. <laughs> yeah. So he told me that. Um, I can't remember if this was while he was in the academy. I think it was – I'll tell a little Jordan story. I think it was right when he was fresh out of the academy. They were just on the front line, and uh, um, he was telling me about uh, a time where he uh, – him and a couple of other guys saw a, a truck with a – the whole back part of the truck was full of lambs and goats, and uh, – they went to free him and actually ended up getting shot at, but I'll tell that story another time. But, uh, yeah, fucking Jordan, Jordan. Um, that's kind of how his brain worked right there. He would like go on about the Academy and then tell the story about his run in with the goats. 
I have a I have a funny shit story though. You oh you, a shit I was, story, eh? I have a funny shit story though. Did this you have happened. To poop? This happened. No, no, this, this didn't happen to me. But everybody that was there and listening to the story knows it. I'm not gonna say any okay, names, okay, of course. Yeah. So this guy he had issues with the water. So nobody is judging anybody for shitting themselves at this point because everybody every two days somebody was almost everybody shitting themselves. Yeah, I'm I'm talking about. You can't even walk, bro. Like, you can't walk. Like, if you go out of bed, you will shit yourself. Like, so this poor guy in the middle of the night, I'm coming from guard duty, like 3 a.m. something, you know, to 4. So I just see him running out of the room and going to the bathroom. So he goes to the bathroom. He comes back with his pants, his military, like the uniform, the Marpat camo that we use. He has it in his hands, okay? And he's <laughs> and I'm looking at him and I'm telling him, yo, bro, you cannot walk out of there without pants. If the commander sees you, he will go crazy. He's like, shut up, man. I just shit myself. So I just like, okay, I'm sorry. I, because, you know. Was this guy a Kurt or Western? No, he was a Western. He was an American. Uh, so, you know, when a grown-ass man says, shut up, I just shit myself, you just shut up. Because, like, you know. All right, all right, all right, my bad. Yeah, bro, I just said, uh, my bad, man. And I walked away. So, and, and this guy, it was, it was special, bro. He, you know what he did? Bro, this guy, he was so, he was so funny, bro. So, he, he went into the room where he slept. And you don't sleep alone in a room. Because in every room in the academy, it's almost like 15 people in it. Everybody sleeps side by side with mattresses. Yeah. So, this is during the, like, uh, Syrian winter. So, it's a lot of rain and wind. So, he opens the window... And he hadn't even washed, he hadn't washed the pants he fucking shit in. <laughs> and he puts them on the window to dry them, but the fucking wind just blows all that smell into the room. And so the entire, this, I bet it's All these 15 people just wakes up and just goes crazy in there. What the fuck are you doing? Like, People with French accents, putain, what are you doing? And you have like <laughs> people from all over the world freaking out. And this guy, bro. The day after, I, I just went into my room and I went to sleep. And the commander wakes me up like after one hour of sleep. He's like, "Yo, Frat, wake up! What is this guy doing?" I was like, "What are you? What is going on?" He's like, "You need to talk to this guy. Come and translate." So I'm walking out of the, the, our training, you know, the base, whatever, and I see this guy. He has literally his fucking civilian clothes on, and he's screaming, "I'm going home!" And he just starts to walk out of the base, bro. And where are you going, dude? I was like, <laughs> everybody was like, dude, where are you going? You know, you, somebody's going to snatch you up and fucking sell you to somebody. You like, can't you cannot leave. go. You cannot leave. And he, bro, he, bro, <laughs> nobody, bro, this is so crazy. Was he going to walk to the airport? Bro, like, it, it doesn't work like that. Poor guy, man. I feel with him today, bro. If you're listening now, I love you, man. This, this shit was funny, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm glad you stuck it out. Yeah, you, you're gonna yeah. have to tell me off the air no way. he didn't that's the thing he didn't stick oh, it out shit. he left before his time was ended oh, at the academy. Bummer, man. Come yeah on, this was out. the same guy i talked about the in the first episode he crossed the border with me and uh you know so he he was a linguistic guy and no he didn't uh, he didn't make the uh the academy unfortunately and that happens a lot you know hey and, i'm dude i'm sure it's a lot honestly i'm yo no disrespect to my homie jordan I was very surprised. Like, I, I just didn't know. Like, my whole time growing up with him, he was he was very, 
not sensitive at all. He just, he was a really fucking hardcore dude, but he just like, he just like, I don't know. I, I did not, I did not. When I heard about what going to the Academy was like and going through everything to, you know, crossing the border and getting there and just like yeah. the whole thing is really, a really, a really fucking grueling thing. It's no joke. And then you're in combat with a group of people that you barely speak their language you're there. You're not an asset of America, you know? Like, there's no helicopter helicopter coming to pick you up when nope. shit goes south, you know? You have to you have to win, no. dude. You have to win. No, Nobody nobody will help you. It does, if you are an so, American citizen, if you are a veteran, you go to an American base in Syria, you say, please help me, they will just kick you out of there. Yeah. Just so you know. They might help yeah. you a little, but, like, you know. If you are injured, yeah. But, bro, no, this has happened, bro. I'm saying this because it has happened. People have literally gone to American bases and said, I'm, I'm literally stranded and stuck in Syria. I don't know how to get out of here. I can't leave. Bro, they, they, they there's nothing they can do, me. yeah. No, it's not that they don't want to. They you're, you're there on your own will. But that's my yeah. point is I, it's such a fucking gnarly thing to go through that whole thing. And it deeply impressed me what that dude and you and, I mean, everybody went through so anybody who doesn't make it through that, like, hey, I, I fucking don't blame you because it's fucking not, it's not an easy thing. It's not. It's it's like mentally, it just drains on you. Some you have it in them and some tired. don't. Yeah, like, and the, at the academy, it, it it's very different, of course, from any other military. We, we cannot even compare it, okay? No. We cannot even compare it. But We're still talking about a militia at this they, point. They, they're, still, yeah, they're still trying to do the same thing as a boot camp uh, instructor does. He, he, he keeps putting pressure on you until you crack. And they did the same thing on people. When they just saw that they were like, oh, he doesn't work good with people. He's always angry. He's always by himself. He's always, He's always complaining. Is always complaining, and in within the YPG system, we have a thing. It's called a tech meal, and a tech meal is a sort of meeting where you you are allowed to criticize or self-criticize whoever you want in your unit, and they cannot sit there and respond to you. They have to uh, adapt to it and you know correct it if it's a legitimate thing. I cannot just go and criticize you for something you haven't done. Uh, so if they notice that you don't talk a lot in those meetings and, and you just keeps being angry and your morale is very low, that's an issue. They're gonna, you're going to bring everybody else's morale down. Because Yeah, because that's an issue because within the YPG, we are very social. You know, there's a lot of art. You know, they love art, paintings, music, dance, dancing, talking. They love asking questions. Eating uh, together. How was your former life? Bro, we, we all eat from, from the same bowl. Right. We eat from the same bowl. We, we, we are, let's say we are uh, 25 people. We put out three bowls or four bowls with filled with food and you eat it. And if you I'm have not, a problem with that, then you cannot live there. It would be I'm very not, hard. I'm not saying I'm not speaking on socialism here as if it's a good or bad thing. I don't want to get into that, but like that is true social, like true to its core socialistic, like living, like they share everything. They share everything with each other. They like, yeah, everybody loves each other communal. so much. It's every, yes, everything is so communal with them. And it's, it's not, it's not a bad thing. Like it's, it's, you know, it's not it's communist not, Russia. It's, it's not, not. It's not Soviet Russia. You know, but it's, for, it's for, like, I mean, for whoever 
It's very happy living. It is for whoever listening and in the future ever ends up in Syria. Uh, I'm telling you, they will never eat before they offer you food. I mean, they're so kind, man. The 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 people is they're so kind. Like they they're the very people, set in those ways. I mean, okay, let's get this thing out of the way as well because I know many people will when we talk about politics it's a big big subject and I don't really want to go in to the politics because I was not thinking of politics when I went there and I was thinking of people and I was thinking of my family and I was thinking of hey these fucking terrorists will fucking return to our countries and they will do this to us yep. I have family well, here I have friends yeah. there you More know? importantly, they're doing it there. To yeah, people who don't and they're it. doing it there. So I don't want to be in categorized that, oh, this guy is a communist or this guy is a, what, a leftist or whatever. I'm nothing, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just Same. a fucking I, guy. I have no, I have no, you know what I'm saying? Before anybody asks me, I have no, um, you know what I'm saying? I have no affiliation to any political side on either of that or in America. I'm not. In but America, I have, so. I have, I have nothing against it. I don't, I, this is not my issue. You don't harm me. All I seeing them doing in Java is good. Right. And the things that are not good, uh, I stay away from because that's not my job. You know, right. I know, I know it's, you know, as a soldier, you got to follow orders. So if I say to you, that's not my job, it's not because Oh, I don't want to do this. No, it's because if I do it, they will fuck me up. Yeah, exactly. It's you got to follow the hierarchy, and as well, forget about the politics, man. Fuck it. I know at the end, let the, let the politicians deal with the politics. You know what I'm saying? Let us do the fighting and defending and and try to help and rebuilding and you know teaching or whatever, funding all of that stuff. We just you know got to get this. Uh, people back on their feet exactly it's that's what it's all about and it's about it's i and that's the same you know my my views on the whole thing there and syria and rojava is not political it's all it's all for those people who are just trying to fucking be happy and like and there it's so it's so fucked up because it's almost like a fairy tale like the kurds to me are like they're like almost like a perfect it's almost like a perfect community and it's just not allowed to fucking, it just hasn't been allowed this whole time to succeed. It's just been like shot down by everybody for some fucking reason. And by ourselves as well. Well, yeah, nobody's perfect, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's purely just to, to help suffering people. I feel like is the main reason why even I could say you would probably go there. Yeah. I wish we all, all Kurds, we Kurds, all of us can can fucking unite one day, and I, I mean it. If all Kurds were united without this thing I just said about the politics thing, I, I mean we would we would be set. We would be good because we are forty million people yeah. all over the world. Forty million Kurds. So you telling me if we all were united, we wouldn't have what what's rightfully ours, a state, uh, our land. Unfortunately, we, greed corrupts. Money greed corrupts. corrupts. It does, but you know, survival, bro. We have very ruthless neighbors. Yep. 
they got to so, do what they got to do. It's yeah, they got to do what they got to do. I don't blame I don't blame them for doing what they're doing. The Kurds who are there, there are Kurds who are divided, but you know it's all politics. Yeah, I but, hate that shit. That's why hey, I'm not a politician. So how long were you? How long were you in the the academy for? So I was. This was like 2015. This was like September 2015, I think. Uh, I remember I was there and I met Jeff. Uh, I met my man Shoresh from Canada. Uh, it was uh, my our friend Khabun, who is uh, at the moment he's spending seven years uh, jail in in Turkey for being part of uh, YPG. Yeah, uh, I will go into that later as well. And then we had uh, it was me, uh, it was Chalak that came with me, like I told you about. It was Jeff, yeah. it was Shoresh, the Canadian. Uh, we were we were many people, man. I can't remember them all. And also, as I said, I cannot like I don't want to talk and make anybody angry, so I can't say them their yeah. names. But uh, I was there with Jeff and them and Jeff and them had already been there for like a week and so before me. So I ended up uh, being pushed into their group uh, because they, I don't know, they just found out that I speak very good English yeah. and, and Kurdish and Arabic and Swedish. And then they were like, uh, oh, okay, maybe you should go with these people because there's another group coming from the front in a couple of days and all of you guys are going to go with them. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and I was, I, I was, I kind of, I kind of was happy, but I was also very stressed because this dude literally told me, "You're going to the, you are going to the front in a couple of days after just." Did you feel ready? Did you feel like Bro, you had? I wasn't even, I, training. No, of course not. Of course not. Of course not. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I had shot around nine nine rounds on an ak three on prone three kneeling three standing uh and i <laughs> and the pkm you know the machine gun the yep. the big c as they call it the bkc you know whatever <laughs> that's that's hey for everybody listening that's the real kurdish slang right there yeah the for the pkm we say the big big c. C. yeah they say <laughs> if they say big c g it means <laughs> He's the guy using the machine gun. You know what he's I'm saying? The big, he's the big yeah. CG. Yeah, he's, he's a fucking G. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, I felt a little bit stressed. But also, I was, before he said that to me, I was kind of a little bit upset because they told me they were leaving. And I had almost been there for two weeks. And I'm talking about he wakes you up at five in the morning and we literally didn't sleep, you know, and as I said, Syrian winter, and this is not a Western house, bro. It's literally leaking inside, and it's cold, and it's, yeah. you know, moist. It's a hut. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a fucking... But... So, I was looking at him, and I was like, uh, okay, you know, thank you, Haval. And I just walked out, and I just went into Jeff, and I just said, bro, you know, he's gonna tell you, he's gonna send me out with you guys. I'm kind of stressed, bro, you know, and Jeff... Uh, really really early in my in my time there i'm talking about days me and jeff and shoresh we we kind of clicked man and shoresh is my man from canada i'm not talking about jack uh they both had the same name yeah uh, there's a lot of people with a with same name in rojava i'm telling you so <laughs> it's the so, name it's the two name combination that really matters yeah yeah so so 
I was kind of relieved. And at the same time, I was a little bit stressed, of course. Uh, he was gonna, uh, we were gonna wait for PJ and them to come back actually from, uh, from an operation. Uh, so I remember them coming back to the academy uh, after a couple of, like, the, just the day after he told me I'm going or whatever. Uh, he didn't say specifically I'm going with them. He just said, be ready. You may go with this group that is going. You know? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And if they say, say to you, maybe, it could be in two months. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then PJ and them arrived and they came back from, from the front line, you know, and I just haven't seen anything else than the academy, you know, and they came back and they had all this type of fucking... Uh, ISIS gear, you know, the loot, the Ghanima, you know what I'm saying? And they had like fucking submachine guns and grenades and flags and headbands and all this type of shit, bro. Like, it's You're like, holy and, shit. And bro, I, I just got like a semi-boner, I think. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? That's how, I'm telling you, that moment when they came back, I knew, bro, like I, I'm in the right place. You know what I'm saying? They came back like, all covered in fucking cool gear. Bro, all because this cool shit. I, I, that was a, a feeling I was not expecting. You know, I grew up in Sweden. Okay, you don't see shit like that in Sweden. This, I, this isn't no. Texas, you see people. weapon, you see weapons, but you don't. If you are criminal, you can see weapons. It's, it's not hard. But I mean, seeing all the ISIS shit, like the clothes and flags, and you know the uh, suicide headbands and coins and commander like, oh. submachine guns and Chechen papers and propaganda, yeah. bro. That's that's the that was my first real shit bro you're like holy shit this is real yeah from seeing the the these on tv or internet just not even a week a month i mean before this from actually seeing all this shit and seeing the pictures and videos from from these guys and uh instantly you know i i kind of not clicked of course but i i wanted to learn from these guys you know yeah, so you knew that they were the real deal. I, I said, I'm going to stick with these guys to myself. I said, I'm going to stick with these guys. I don't hey, care how, anno- how annoying I am. I'm going to stick with these guys. Because, let me ask you, did, wait, yeah. was, was Jordan there already or did he come after? No, Jordan, bro, Jordan had already been there and Jordan had already been injured. Jordan had already gone back and came back. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. Okay. So you that know? was after, that was after. Yeah, even, um, yeah bro. And I, all yeah. of, bro. Wow. In six months, a lot of things happened in Rojava. So yeah. he was there at like six months, seven months before me, bro. So right. he, I think that thing, they were in the Tel Tamer. And then uh, the thing where he got injured happened, where he crawled, you know. We'll tell uh, that story. Yeah. And, and then he, he went back. He healed up and, and just came back, bro. You know? So he was already kind of a legend at that point. Yeah, yeah. What did they yeah, call everyone. him? What did they call him because of his earrings? Because he had gauged ears. He had like those little gauged ear things. They called him something. It was something. They called him like a girl or something. I don't know. I don't know that actually. You caught me off guard there. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. It was really funny though. Yeah. He was telling me yeah. about it. He he was fine. He was so funny. We were stationed actually when 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 they came back. Uh, you know, PJ and all of them. They they washed their clothes and you know and did all this stuff. And uh, instantly, uh, Norway was there as well. This Norwegian guy that was, uh, he's also in this documentary, uh, Hunting Isis. And he was there as well, you know, and I kind of clicked him. I said, yo, I just came from Sweden. Uh, You know, give me some insight, you know, some tips, some advice. And he just, you know, hooked me up with like medical gear. And he's like, 
solve my shit up, you know. Yeah. And I, I would like, then PJ was in the same room and I just said, bro, you know, can you help me out with my kit? You know, I brought all my shit. Just said, am I doing something wrong? And they just sorted me out, bro. Like they sure straight up, they, bro, they straight, they straight up just help because they, they, they take care of you, bro. They just came from the fucking front. They know if you have something wrong, bro, if, if you're not straight, straight enough when you go out there, something is missing or you don't have your kit properly, you can die. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So as the Marine, instantly, and, I felt that, you know, hey, as yeah. the Marine and PJ would say, he squared you away. That's right, the, bro, that's the, he, that's he, the Marine he, term. He he squared he you it, away. Bro. He did it. He did it. So <laughs> after, you know, they were there, you know, like a week, five days or something. The commander pulled me in with a room and PJ was sitting there. And I just came in and they were super serious. And I just looked at them and the commander looked at me. He said, Farad. I said, yeah. He said, uh, this is Haval Azad, you know. Blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah, I know Abal Azad, this is his Kurdish name, PJ. So I said, yeah, I know. I met him. I talked to him. And he looked at me and he said, okay, uh, are you ready? I said, ready for what? He said, you are going with these guys uh, tomorrow or the day after. Go pack your stuff. Uh, if you need a new uniform, go bring it. Uh, be ready. You are leaving. I'm sure you just felt a drop in your stomach. <sighs> Bro, I feel the drop now. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? And I just walked out and I kind of felt instantly, I felt this burden type of feeling on, on PJ's group. I remember telling him, bro, I never told him I want to go with you guys. I'm, I'm like, I don't want to be in the way of your guys, man. Uh, you guys, you like, shit, you guys fucking crazy, man. You've been on all this type of stuff. I don't want to be the guy you, all of you guys have to look out for, you know. And bro, he was so cool with it. He said, no, bro, of course not, you know. We will go through everything once we get out of here. And instantly he started just brushing up on my skills, like asking me questions and helping me out, you know. So for me, bro, that, oh, shit, fucking dropped my asterisk. So for me, that was like pretty, pretty good moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Made sure he made sure you knew you were one of the crew. They all did, bro. They all yeah. did. They all did, and uh, it just felt uh, fucking normal, and it felt like this is what am I, what am I uh, supposed to do, man? It's like this is me, bro. This is this is me. This is this is what am I? Why I'm here, bro? I'm here. I'm I'm here to do this. Like I'm not here for anything else. And that's the mentality I've been having this whole time. Like every time somebody asks me why, I just say, listen, I'm here for the people. I'm here. To fucking do this. I don't care about your politics. I don't care what you think about this guy or that guy. If you are a Haval, if you are here in Syria and you are struggling or you are being oppressed or you're being fucking affected by ISIS, I don't care who you are. I will fucking die to help you, man. This yeah. this is what I, I've been trained to do and this is where my heart is. So for me, that's finding something that both my mind and my heart, soul and my gut, everything tells me this is right. I, I cannot ignore it you know i can't i know exactly i know what you mean i know you, so, you have the same thoughts as well because you, yeah. you almost left everything yourself and just went you know yeah um, you know exactly that's... how it feels to almost just like fuck everything and just leave but it's not that it's not that easy as people think oh i want to come but are you literally ready to just lose everything to come yeah. here well and 
that's you know? that's actually not something that a lot of people know um about me but i yeah i was at one point very close uh i had made all of the arrangements and uh some things popped up and you know long story short i didn't go but uh um you know i get it i get the whole i get the the whole ideology behind what you were doing and what you wanted to do there and i don't ever want to say that i can relate because i never went but uh you know, I feel deeply rooted in this. I've lost friends and it's, um, and I have the opportunity to lose more friends still. So it's, uh, you know, it's definitely something that I have to, uh, become invested myself in. I wish that I had, uh, sounds like a, uh, I'm happy real adventure, but hey, you know, you know what, what me too. I, you know, I have some friends who are in the special forces community that, were there advising at the YPG at one point and they had nothing but good things to say, but he kind of just laid down the line and of, and I learned this with Jordan, um, with his family. Uh, it's a very expensive thing if, if I were to get injured or when he got injured or you or anybody to get the body out, it's a very expensive thing. It's a very stressful thing. It's a very yeah. hard thing. And not you know, everybody lives in Sweden where they cover your medical and everything, you know, so. Right. And if you're yeah. injured, if you're injured there, the odds of you getting help and getting out. It's no VA for us, bro. No. Oh, and also, I mean, dude, just, there's no, there's no, there's no, uh, doctor there to, I mean, there are, but it's not the same. Uh, yeah. the guy working on you might be a veterinarian or something, you know, like it's, yeah, there was literally one doctor there. Every time you went there, you know what he said? You, you went there, you, you, you literally went there for pain in your foot and you went there. You're like, Oh, you know, I think I, I, you know, sprayed my ankle. I haven't been walking for three days. And before he even does anything on you, he just says, you know, I, I, I was not a doctor for that. I was like, uh, cardiologist, you know, X, X, X ray <laughs> exactly. type of dude. But the Havals is, I'm doctor for everything now. And I'm just like, uh, okay, mm, maybe I should just get out of here. But thank God he just told me to put my foot in hot water and salt. I was like, uh, okay, thank you. I just needed an X ray, but. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. It they, is, it they, is, you know. You got to take what you can get out there. You know, any, anybody who's got some medical history is going to be valuable. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, in the beginning, there were people not even using tourniquets, man. You know? Exactly. We were, I was literally forcing people to take tourniquets. You know, I was They were like, what the fuck people. is this thing? What is this plastic shit? They were using their scarves, their shamax or what you that call That doesn't, it. that's not the yeah. same of all. We, <laughs> we call it a, a cafe. The, yeah. the scarves, the flowery scarves, uh, the female soldiers use, or we have, you know, I usually have a blue one. We call it a cafe. Uh, they would use that, you know, but, and they literally just tie it as a movie. In the beginning, they did that. But now it's very, everybody carries a tourniquet now, and they have medical, medical, you know, IFAX and, and stuff. So it's very different now, but uh, not all of them, not all of them. I'm not going to say this local SDF soldier from Derizor has an IFAX. Because I doubt that he does. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, so for me, man, just all of that, you know, just doesn't matter. You were there now. We are connected, bro. And this is something that touches all of us. Yeah. Because this is people that don't say, we're going to take 
just Syria and Iraq. This was literally people and our people that say, we're going to fucking come to your house and we're going to kill you. We're going to go yeah. to this concert and we're going to shoot these people. We're going to drive with cars over you. We Like... Send Come kids on. in to, to, you know, yeah, like, like murder people, and it's like, a bro, it's a whole I, lot of shit. I'm sure everybody it's, knows. It's it's so much, and I don't want to go in for the pods for, for so long. Like, it's just something you can talk about for for so long. And I've been through so much, and I have so much more left, and because I'm not finished yet, and it's just something that affecting me and doing this. And talking to you guys is, is something that is good for, for me, you know, even if I say it or not, it is. Because, you know, war fucking gives you scars, even if, if it's visual scars you can see or you can't see. There's no, no soldier in the world who goes in to war and has to shoot, has to see death, has to go through all this see the misery, see all the civilians and everything and say that it doesn't affect him. Yeah, of course if, it does. If it doesn't affect you, then you're a fucking psycho. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it affects us all in somehow. I'm, some people show it, some don't. You know, I'm the, I'm the kind of guy, I may not show it, but it, it is fucking there. You know, I'm talking about it because... Everybody that's out there that's been through all wars, you, you're not fucking alone. We're all here. We're in it together, you know. It doesn't matter. We have to be there for each other. Exactly. If you're not there for each other, who is going to be there for The us? situation over there is real fucked up, so it's like any yeah. good any good that could come out of it is like definitely important. But like, yeah. hey, so you're, you're getting the, the call to leave with PJ and all them. You left the next day? It was like two days, three days after. I remember, you front, you ready? Bro, I was like, oh, shit. And I had this fucking smile, you know, on my face. And the guy who was training us and all the involves there, you know, the friends, everybody was like happy for you. And some of the guys give you really like hugs and everything. And I was like, damn, these people are really happy. That you're going to battle. (laughs) (laughs) No, but the thing is, they give you so so much love. Like this, if when everybody, when you collect all your stuff and the car arrives to pick you up, everybody goes out. If you're going to the front and to a unit, everybody goes out outside. Uh, There is a part of the training and in the academy goes out and they all shake your hand and they all applaud. Or, 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 you know, do our day up again or something to honor you when you leave. Because that might be the fucking last time you leave the academy. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's so not all easy. Of, all it's not me. easy out there. It's not like you're going to make it back. You know, it's not the same as being... And I, I, it's like different type of emotions. You yeah. feel very proud. You're very proud. But once you sit in that car... You're like, here we go. We all of us are talking. Oh God, you know everybody's excited. We're going to a unit. Everybody, you know, oh everybody's clicking. Oh, you have this. Take care. Okay, we're gonna do this. Oh, everybody have expectations. What to do? You know, oh, we're going to the operations. We're gonna bang it out, kicking yeah. doors. But it's you know never expect anything in Syria. You end up. We ended up in a in a unit, a very good unit, to be honest. It's it's one of one of the best units uh, I've been in. 
the full it was a full Kurdish unit. And you know, before we even get there with this emotions thing I was saying is that when you leave the academy, he drives out of the academy and you just everybody's talking, but you know, the drive to where we're going is kind of like four hours, three hours. So after two hours, everybody starts to zone out. Yeah, get tired. And, and I know I, everybody's like putting their headphones on, you know, and everybody's thinking of their own thing. And I'm just looking around in the car. I'm looking at, you know, all, all, all these friends in the car, all these brothers, and I'm looking at them. Everybody's like, I can just see everybody's thinking of something, you know. And I'm just looking out the window, and I just, that shit just hit me. It just like, just the silence of it, all those feelings came like, okay, now you might die. Like yeah. my family, my family came in, everything came in, my son, okay, reception, everything died, no more internet, you're going to the front, it's blackout, it's over, yeah. now you might die, I was thinking it's of going my, down. Um, my, you know, I was thinking of my uncle, my cousin, and, and I have to say, by this time when I was at the academy, I had another cousin died from our family. While you were in the academy. Yeah, while I was in the academy, he was a part of uh, the YPG, uh, so-called, I'm not saying so-called, it is the YPG's like special forces, it's our special forces. Yeah. You cannot compare it to a Western special forces, but it's our fucking special forces. And it's called the YAT, Y-A-T. And he was a part of our unit like that, and uh, they drove over a mine uh, on a roadway to a city called Hasakwe, and he yeah. died. His name was Agit. So I, all of this shit was in my mind, bro. You know? Yeah. And it was, it was like, it's mixed emotions, bro. You know, I get it. I get this, this, this little weird feeling now as well. But I mean, it's just good feelings, you know, because some of the good feelings, bad feelings, and some of those uh, havals in the car that were with me that day, some of them is not even alive anymore, you know? So for me now, I'm talking about it and thinking about it. It's, it's mixed feelings, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So the car, so the car ride was like four hours and we came to uh, a place uh, near a mountain called Abdulaziz. And uh, this mountain called Abdulaziz was, uh, was a mountain that was literally separating uh, where we were the front where YPG were, and just behind the mountain was uh, ISIS territory. And, you know, this mountain was not small. We had our forces up there. It was not like it was empty. So we came out to this little smaller, you know, village. You could clearly see it's been a lot of fighting there, you know. Uh, some of the village, villages there around uh, had not been cleared. And uh, we were also told that None of the people that uh, were living in those villages had came back because uh, they no, they literally went with ISIS. You know, they, they were they I were believers. Yeah, yeah, they joined ISIS. So that's what they told us anyway. So they told us to stay away from those places because it's it's not clear of minds. So we came to this place, and uh, the commander there, his name was uh, Tolhedan, and Tolhedan in Kurdish means uh, revenge. And he was a, <laughs> yeah, he was a hardcore fighter man. He was uh, been fighting a long time. He was fighting in the the siege of Kobane. He was fighting there all the way for the liberation. He was injured. He was fucking left behind, forgotten for like five, six days with like gunshot wounds to his stomach and leg. 
you know, and he was just this amazing guy and just hardcore fucking dude, man. Unfortunately, he's he's dead today. May he rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we came to this unit and it was uh, just legit. It was good feeling coming in there and just seeing different, uh, different people that are from different places, but all of them are Kurdish now. It was yeah. not like people from all over the world. No, this was a full Kurdish unit. And uh, this, there are cer certain units where they are cadros, as we call them. They put that commitment in, commitment in. That's uh, like a real hardcore. Guy it's a lifer. He's a lifer, yeah. man. He's, he's a lifer. He's gonna fight until he dies. He made a commitment that he's gonna fight until he dies. Like he, no he's matter not what it leave. is. Yeah, he's not. He he enlisted for life, bro. That's how we can say it. Yeah. You know, so they come from all all parts of Kurdistan, Iraq. You know, Turkey, Syria, Iran. All, all the parts there. And of course, some of them are Arabic, some are Armenian, you know, Assyrian. Are there any uh, American cadres? Yes, there is. Uh, so. We don't need to go into was, that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just a, a good one. It was just a good thing, you know, seeing that as well. And everybody just wanted to be with everybody because then all of a sudden, me being that guy, I was always in the corner talking and trying to be, you know, learn stuff. All of a sudden, I had to be this fucking translator, bro. I had to be sitting in the middle every five minutes. Hey, Frat, what is it? Where is, were, is he from? You were bro, basically thrown right into it, like, real I was, fast. I was, didn't want to translate for anybody. My request was, hey, uh, Commander, I want to go to a full Kurdish unit. I am not here to speak English. I'm here... Because my Kurdish was not even 100%, you know. So I just said, I want to be with, with, with my people. I haven't been with, I've been with Westerners and, and Europeans my whole life. I came here for my people. Please send me to a Kurdish unit. But, you know, you don't get what you want. So I ended up being, you know, super translator. Yeah. <laughs> you showed up and just were immediately thrown in, like, right as a translator. Yeah, yeah. I was immediately thrown in, you know. Hey, um... Yeah. Dude, so my uh, my batteries are running real low. Um, this might be it. We're we're hitting a, a little bit above an hour now. This might be a good yeah. spot to cut it. It um, is. It is. We can. Uh, we we. Uh, I know. In the last episode, we said that maybe we would uh, have a guest on for the third episode, but maybe we could just extend this little Farat uh, yeah, story introduction for another episode. I mean, uh, I, I'm a little bit. Should I literally go through what I went through that detail? Dude, like, I, yeah, I don't no. have problems with it. Like, I just does it. Is it too slow? Like, this is the type of no. things I want you guys to give me feedback on. I can tell I you would, right now. You know, yeah. I can tell you right now, I know a lot of these things about you, but I don't know everything. And it's yeah. definitely interesting to hear it all. So let's keep going on it. Um, I want to hear about your first contact, about your first uh, your first um, poop that you took while you were there. <laughs> My first hey. combat squat. Your first combat squat. Yes, um, sir. All that. But hey, man, it's been good. Let's fucking yeah, wrap this it's up. It's been good. It's been we'll, good. Uh, it's been good. It's we'll, been fun. Hey, let's. We could put this one up tonight, even maybe, uh, and uh, see what people think. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. yeah. I just want to say, like again, I love you, bro. And to people, thank you so much. Uh, much love for coming in for episode two of uh, the Combat Squad. Uh, as you know, 
by now you guys hopefully knows what a combat squad is. You know what a combat squad is, Brady? Um, basically, a combat squad is like sometimes you're in the middle of like a really bad firefight and like you really just don't have the time to like really be doing anything else but fighting. Um, but you know, that hot sauce and kind of bad chicken leg and that rice just really isn't sitting right and you have to take a poo right now. That's that's what a combat squad is, is when you're is when you're waddling to the back of the sandbags with your with your pants over Bloody. your ankles. And you're squatting down, uh, letting that lava flow <laughs> while there's bullets hitting around you and mortars smacking around you. <laughs> to, to put it out there pretty raw, uh, yeah. a, combat, a combat squad is you just had you squatting, taking a shit with full gear, yep. <laughs> getting shot at. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right. All right, guys. This is uh, episode two. I want to thank you guys and uh, see you on episode three. All righty. Later. Later. Take care. Peace, guys. Hasta luego. Assalamu alaikum.